Hey, this is Dimitris the Kyrgyz Tangiero. My goal is to bring more people to tango and more tango to people. Today, I'm going to share with you the third part of the interview I did with Sarah Kurdan and Ivan Terrazas, two wonderful tango teachers that I wish I had met earlier. After 14 years of learning tango, I can confidently say I have never met another couple that could explain to me with so much clarity what I need to do to improve and how to get there. I flew from Portugal to Croatia to have classes with them and they also helped me online. If you haven't heard the first two parts yet, I recommend looking for them first in the list of episodes. In this third part of the interview, we talk about how we, the students as spectators, develop an educated taste based on the performances we watch. We discuss the magical function of the thumb, spoiler alert, there is no magical function of the thumb, and why do people leave tango. We also talked about one very important thing you need to observe about your teachers when they are in the milonga. Really awesome stuff. If you haven't followed the podcast yet, look for the follow button to be notified when the new episodes are out. It's free, it's fun, and you're going to learn many ways to improve your tango. So let's start. We go, and as students of tango, we observe a lot. We look at the milongas, we look at the performances, we look how other people dance, and that influences how we dance. We, we develop this educated taste based on the performances we watch, based on the other people that we watch. And personally, I dance now for like 14, 15 years. And when I go to festivals and I see performances, the majority of them, they just kind of leave me a little bit empty. I, I, I'm waiting for something more, something different. And I just see a lot of times the, the same things again and again and again. And actually, this was one of the, of the reasons that I really want to talk to you because I watched your videos online. I watched um, your performance to Eminem, to Lose Yourself, which I think has like 110,000 uh, views at the moment. And I watched the video where you dance Milonga, the Milonga Paras Misoes, with like 1.5 million views. And then I watched another performance where at the end of your performance, like the whole... Uh, like everybody around you, they start dancing with you. So everybody became part of your show. So I, I see that your performances, one performance from the other, from the others, they're very, very different. Something that you don't see often in other couples, especially a lot of the very famous ones, we just, I watched them in the last 10 years. I, I cannot really notice a big difference. I see the video from now and a video from 10 years ago and I'm like, yeah, pretty much the same. And I think Maybe this kind of... Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, yes, I, I think that this we start having this lack of, of diversity of performances around the world. Do you notice that? And do you think this has, can, does it influence how the students learn and how they acquire the taste of how they dance? I don't know if it influences how the students learn because on the end, uh, yes, you can learn through watching, but on the end is what the teacher is going to teach you. Uh, but um, in terms of the performance, I don't know. For I would say, at least for my part, it's like we we get bored really easy just picking one thing. For us, uh, when we learn, like I said earlier, it's like we wanted to learn the whole spectrum of tango, and because our first teacher taught us that what you know anything is possible. What do you want to do? What do you want? You to can learn? lead anything. What you do can you lead want anything? To so that give you this big idea that you could do anything but also it's like oh shit this is a little more 
like the, the more options you have, then it's, it's harder to be able to do everything. So uh, sometimes from the other side, uh, you stick to one style, to one look. Over a few years, you'll master it because you've been doing the movement over and over again the same and the same and the same and the same. And that's the style and you do it like this and like that. So it's a little easier to accomplish that on that sense, but also to master. You're a master at that. But from the side of being uh, uh, versatile, 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 then uh, for us, I don't know, at least for me, I get bored. And it's not that I get bored because I don't, you know, I don't go deeper into the movement. It's just we like everything. And it will be hard for me just to pick one thing. And I think about it from the size of the public is like, uh, for uh, with us, it's always like, oh, let's see what's going to happen today with the Vanazaro, because you don't know. And I don't, we don't do that thing consciously. You know, I don't think about consciously like what I, what I always want that people expect. But we feel like we have four songs minimum. I mean, before it used to be three songs minimum that you have to do. Then now it's four songs, and people are doing even five songs. If you're on those five songs, even if I mix with tango and me, uh, tango, uh, tango waltz and milonga, I still have two more that, what, I do two more tangos? That, yeah, okay, Darienzo, now a Pugliese, and then a, a Disarle, okay, yes, but it's still tango, which is okay. Um, if I don't do anything different from it, it's like there are five songs. When I'm watching, as great as the dancers are, there is so much that they can show me on those songs doing the same movements the same way the same way that they use the music and all of that so i i feel like uh you know there is much more than that and they should think i don't know and we think about be able to express ourselves um more i don't have to express it uh broadly broadly Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to try to unpack your question because your question has, there's a lot there to your question. So I'm going to try to organize my brain and kind of try to go through it point by point. Uh, so the point about taste making, mm -hmm. taste making uh, is very uh, significant in the tango community, primarily because I would say you are not, and maybe, you know, the people who are on your channel who are interested uh, in these kinds of conversations, I would say that they're not the typical tango consumer, 20% of the entire, let's say, market, yeah, to, to, give, to give this a name. Uh, most people who dance tango uh, only go to their local school. They hardly ever watch YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. They are primarily learning only from their teacher in in their local community probably don't go to other schools they probably just wherever they started that's kind of the tendency is to stay with whoever you are and um they if their organ if their if their teacher organizes a festival or is a part of some organization of something they will go to that festival and they will consume whatever their teacher says is the uh correct product the authentic tango or the taste of you know their their, their taste, taste yeah in what it is and um in 
some places where there's only one school, that entire community is shaped by only this one influence, let's say. Um, I would say that's 80% of the Tango community. The other 20% are sort of the people who are curious, they go to marathons, they travel outside of their community, they take classes from different teachers, they, classes, they take out classes in festivals. Um, they are also sort of captured by their initial taste, but the tendency is to evolve. So uh, you start at some point, I don't know, whatever that is, Milonguero Nuevo, let's say in your community, Milonguero Nuevo, and then you discover um, somebody like, I don't know, Los Totis, and then you're like, wow, the style is so different, it's really incredible, it's amazing. Then you discover, I don't know, Chicho and Juana, and you're like, wow, this is like something different. And you look at Sebastian Arsen, and you look at, you know, you look at, I don't know, Roxana and Sebastian, and you're like, wow. And then you sort of go with where you feel most comfortable, but there's a journey there. Yeah. Um, that's, that's one aspect of the story, right? The other aspect of this of the stories on the organizational level. So if I'm an organizer of let's say a medium to large festival, uh, I have a huge risk. I take a huge risk. I need to rent a huge venue. I need to pay expensive teachers. I need to uh, make sure my festival is successful by bringing a lot of people because if there aren't a lot of people, it won't look su successful. Next year won't work. People won't think that I'm a good organizer. So what's the surest bet to, to do this is to bring people that are also other places. And so what tends to happen is like a, um, uh, even, if even if you don't necessarily like how this person dances or how they teach, or you even don't maybe like them personally, you know that they're good for your business. And so you bring them for that reason. And so that has created a little bit sort of these like markets, like there's a, there's the uh, North America market that has, I would say, six or seven couples circulating there. Then there's the Europe market that has like 10 couples, more or less, that are everywhere in Asia. in Asia. And then there are like three or four that are sort of going all over the world and, you know, busy every weekend. Um, and that's sort of the dom dominant stream. Is that good for the community? I don't know, because I don't know how much influence, as you say, when you see the performances, you're not so inspired. I'm not sure how much influence uh, these big figures have on the part of the community that really makes it alive. Mm -hmm. And that's the people who travel and go to marathons and, and really invest in their dance. But it, I think helps the critical mass of the overall community live. Because to be very honest, you know, tango is not a fast growing sport. At least now that I've been in Croatia for 10 years, I would say the core group that we saw 10 years ago still comprises about 70% of all the dancers in this community. So that means that in 10 years, out of 100, maybe 30 new people have showed up and, and let's say stayed. That's very low. Uh, in terms of growth, I think Corona wasn't a happy occurrence mm -hmm. <laughs> because many people have exited the community. 
And so now we're at a stage where we need to, you know, bring bring more new people in because otherwise we, we won't make it, we won't survive um, as a community of dancers. Um, so so that's on that on that end, sort of taste making. Uh, for us as teachers, it's important to expose our students to as many different coordinations or styles as possible because we don't want them to dance like us. We want them to dance like themselves. So apart from giving them a toolkit that allows them to build their own dance is this exposure to a broad variety of movement so that with their technique, which is one technique, they can dance in different ways. And then they can choose how it is that they want to express themselves and not look like copies of us. Because us is us. And they are them. And, um, you know, it's, it's hypocritical to, to tell somebody, your tango should be personal. Tango is personal. But then when you teach them, like, no, put them no, here. Like do it me. exactly like me. No, you know, it should be like this, not like this, not like this. Which is, I have nothing to do with. Uh, so what? What, what? what does this change? Does the appearance. So what are you controlling for? How they look? Why does it matter how they look? Yeah. Well, because they should look like you because you dance authentic tango. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. I completely understand that. And I can remember many cases where in my own tango journey where I was, I was feeling exactly what you're saying right now. I was going to a class and they were telling me, close that finger. And that was my whole feedback from that class. These fingers <laughs> oh, down. And I was like, okay, that's what I that's what I paid for. But this finger can go down. But you know, when uh, you don't yeah. have so much experience, that might sound to you like very sound advice. It might yeah. sound like something that's very important. Because if in the entire class, the only feedback you got is to close your thumb, that thumb must have some magical function. Right. It's like in those uh, it's like in those martial arts classes, you know, yeah. where they if the sensei came and just look at you and you fall down and you're like, wow, he looked at me. It right? was like a big deal. Right? Uh, but then if you have your tongue in the correct corner of your mouth, you can, you know, you are you're resisting that attack, you're controlling their chi, then you know that tongue there, super important for defense against the chi <laughs> <the> master. <laughs> so I know I'm making fun, but but you you understand what I'm saying, like uh Absolutely. And for, for me, this is, this is always the important part. We have people that come to tango and sometimes our behaviors or our culture or the way that we do business is pushing people away. And for me, that's the opposite of what we need. And that's what I want to ask you for those people that are maybe, let's say, um, students, the students, okay? If there are there any questions that you believe tango dancers should ask themselves? to understand why they feel stuck, why they feel, oh, I'm not progressing. I don't like that anymore. You know, I'm going away. Are there some questions that they need to ask themselves to understand why they feel stuck? Uh, can I, ref I uh, okay. I, I don't know if feeling stuck is the reason why people don't continue to dance. Mm -hmm. um, I think that people don't continue to dance because the community is toxic in a lot of ways to people who don't look correct or are 
older or are not as attractive or whatever is considered attractive or come from the wrong school or they're not part of the or not clique. part of the clique or um they don't dress how they should be yeah or what their opinions yeah we should not like we don't have the luxury in this community uh to be snobs and and there's all kinds of snob snobism in in tango no. you know she dances milonguero but i dance salon we we cannot match it's, it's really you know sad. part of it is technical but a part of it is also ego um uh but in terms of your question if you're feeling stuck uh i think the first thing is to ask yourself why do i dance what is this what is this experience what am i looking for from this experience um and then there are different paths you know if if you're what you're looking from this experience is a little human contact uh, a kind word and a hug uh which is completely valid reason why to to dance tango then maybe focusing on something that's uh you know um very complex is not the way for you to go if you are feeling stuck because that enrosque that you've been drooling over that you know uh facundo pinero does and you really want it and you want to do it just like him because it's fantastic and amazing uh then you need to re-examine your technique <laughs> because it's not the problem of the enrosque yes. it's the problem of how you are probably standing and using your feet when you just take a forward step so yeah motivation i think is the first thing to ask yourself yeah. what do you think you said it so. yeah nothing to add yeah but just keep an open mind i think that's what's really important and relax Yeah. <laughs> well, it depends. It depends what what's the goal. It I depends. You know. <laughs> so so relax, relax, but not too much, because that's not good either, right? Sambo is too bad that we couldn't do that. You remember the movie? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Which one? No, Ivan, come on. Please, this is no. important for me because it's really funny. You you remember? Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yes. And the guy uh, that is teaching the other guy to surf. Yes. He's like, no, do less. No, no, no. Do, do less. more. No, no, do more. And the guy's really, you know, not doing anything. I, I mean, you have the words that they just, yeah. it's just the same. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's really hard. I think it's really hard to, it's really hard because when you dance, you are vulnerable, you expose yourself. And we'd go there to do that. Uh, but then there are all of these other things that come into it. It's such a complex thing. It's the social aspect of it is so complex. Yeah, the social aspect, I also describe it like this. And for me, for a long time, I've been a little... Uh, We're very bad at the social aspect. Yeah, but can I... Refer, yeah, mine have to do is like... Remember when we were in high school? And high school, I this is how... I mean, people, sorry, but this is how I really... 
think about it. And it's hard for me to see it differently. I, I try more and more to see it differently, but on the end, it's kind of like that. Going to a festival, sometimes going to the Milonga in the community or whatever, is like going to, like, like being in high school. In high school, they were typical, you know, the geeks that they just always study, you know, the guys that are the troublemakers, you know, like there's everybody, they are in their their place with their, how do you say, like identity or whatever. And it's always a typical drama. It's like, oh, you know, if you're, you're with those people, you're not with us. And it's like all these silly things and all these segregated groups, you know, that make you part of the, you know, community or whatever and I, I know it's natural for humans to do that and try to be part of something but sometimes it's too much like high school that sometimes like people should chill a little more like what's the big deal you know like like I think that have to do a lot with uh, with ego and, and it's really hard because the dances the dance somehow brings out the best in us but also brings out the worst in us as humans, let's say, right? Uh, that's, you know, that's sometimes a little, you know, when Sarah was talking about that some communities, it could be toxic or, you know, it's, uh, it is hard. It is hard, but I think you, there is a hope you can change it if the approach of dancing, dancing would be if we would it more for the universal communication than the stylistically choice, then it would be easier. Yeah, because a part of also part of that covers the inability to communicate, you know, telling somebody, you know, here in our school, we dance Milonguero Nuevo, those guys who dance uh yeah. stage, we can't dance with them because it's totally different. They're not even dancing tango how we dance it. And a part of that is not, you know, it's not that they really believe that their style is better. A part of that is just this lack of universal form of communication right. and this reliance on convention that only works inside of that particular style. Uh, so if that were less, you know, there would be there would be one less barrier to people really being together in the milonga and and dancing together in the milonga. Yeah. Yeah, that should be, I think, the ideal. Yeah, and also between teachers, this is the other thing that we see all the time. Yeah, um, you know, for a long time we had a school in New York for eight years, uh, and then we started traveling and we traveled for ten years, and now we're having a school again because we have a baby and we changed our life a little bit, so we're really dialing down our traveling. We're still traveling, but not. As yeah, much. not as much, much less. Um, so. We see that inside of the community, very, very infrequently do different school teachers dance with each other. And it's like, you know, the fish stinks from the from the head, as usually, yeah. as they say it. So if as a teacher, you're not showing to your students, if you're not leading through modeling yourself of what you want the community to look like, then how can you expect yeah. that when five schools come to one milonga, that they'll dance between each other and not only within yes. the group? I mean, if you think about it, it's kind of like now that we have a kid, it's even more clear to understand. If I want to teach my daughter something. Like to brush her teeth, for example. Right. You I, can't tell her, brush your teeth. And then I don't do it myself. Right? You have to take your toothbrush and hold her and brush your teeth. You and do it. And she takes the toothbrush. Yeah, just... You don't have to do anything. Just you, you know, you help by example. 
So, you know, if he, the teacher naturally goes to the milonga and kind of like, oh, those don't know how to dance, blah, 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 blah. What do you think the rest of, you know, they're going to do? They're going to do exactly the same thing. So and then it has to do with that. Being a teacher, it has a really big responsibility in general for the body of the, of, of the other person, for the social part of it, and again, in general, for the whole community. So not everybody takes it as serious. But it uh, should be. Uh, but it should be a little more serious, the people that are doing this as a profession. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're responsible for continuing the uh, patrimony of humanity. Well, that's a beautiful thing to, to go and observe in the milongas, to go and see, like, does my teacher dance with uh, other teachers or not? Or it's, even other people from other schools. It doesn't, yeah. you know, what or is my even, teacher model? Even with your own students sometimes. I have heard it's like, oh, you know, I've been, I've been learning from this guy, but he, when we go to the practica or the milonga, he never dances with me. And it's like, okay, I mean, it should be, I understand that sometimes, you know, you're tired. You're tired, and you, as a teacher, yeah. you go to the milonga and you want to have fun your own. But you also have to understand that. Uh, sorry, but sometimes when you go to the milonga, it does your work because your students are there, and all of that. It's not just fun. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad now because we don't go out since we have this nine-month-old baby. Yeah, feel we we left. We leave yeah. our our ducklings all by themselves. Yes. Yeah. Well, that was. You, you have a more important duckling right now, so. Yes. In in the yeah. moment. In the moment, that will change hopefully. But it's really important sometimes because you you help them, you know, to to understand a lot of things about the milonga. The, the milonga is it could be really complex for the whole social aspect and all of that. And Especially when how it is in you know outside of Argentina where it's mostly in dance studios. No. Where it's hard to create that, you know, in, in Argentina, it's usually in a restaurant or something, you're eating, you're drinking, you're hanging oh. out, and then you dance. Yeah. The dancing is like a... Like it, it like becomes a, a secondary thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, something that goes along with the socializing, yeah. whereas I feel like... I mean, like, I, I remember so many times going to the milonga, for me, let's say for dancing, because we were supposed to do something with students or whatever, and then you see earlier some uh, famous couple or whatever, and they were just eating there. And then when the milonga started, you don't see that anymore. And, and it was funny because they went to that place because they had it, food that they like it, and they not necessarily stay just for dancing. They just went because they're there. So it kind of like the dancing becomes secondary in the sense like, oh, I stay, right? Because I know some friends may are coming, we can meet, we can drink. So it's really more for the social part of it. And this is the hardest thing that has an, I don't know, a, a place that they, they have actually recreated that, that is just like in, in, in Buenos Aires in that sense. The people just go for, you know, uh, just for dancing. And, uh, and then of course, you know, if he didn't dance all night, then they feel really bad. But if they go for a different aspect, let's go drink, let's have, let's eat something and then- Let's go drink, I don't know if that's a good- What? <laughs> let's go drink. But I'm saying because that's not. Sorry. What is so funny about they, it? They, they are going to crucify you. I'm telling you. <laughs> and funny because I don't drink, so. I know. That's why I'm laughing. I really don't drink. You're like, you never drink.
I know what I'm I'm saying. People go for different aspects, you know, like I, know, said, I understand. I was just understand. I was just joking. Okay, it wasn't it wasn't funny. It was cute. But anyway, there are different purposes why people should go to the Milonga. That's what I'm trying to say. Let's drink for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I want to ask you one last question as we close this one. Um, if you two were starting tango today, what would you do first? What would you do second? What would you do third? With the knowledge I have or without it? That's... <laughs> right. Well, let's say you have a tiny you and you can mentor them and tell them, look, start with that, that, and that before you do okay, that. Okay, okay, okay. A tiny me, a tiny me that I'm mentoring. Okay. All right. What would you say, Ivan? Oh my God. I, I never, this is a really good question. I've never been asked this. And maybe, maybe it's different between leaders and followers. Maybe it's not. So, um, I would say by the way that they have the same goals are as you so in order for them to get let me put it this way a little bit different if you wanted to reach the place where you are now yeah. and you do it without trial and error right yeah How well you know what we had a pretty perfect path uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> that's why we had a we had a pretty great experience because we had our first teacher for two years who just basically made Ivan like a leading a leading like machine where where he was just able to like made him so that he could lead everything that needed to be led. And we needed that time because he needed that skill set. But there were certain limitations to 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 that way yeah, of working, for example, turning, like we couldn't turn. And then we had our second teacher who was just like so much more about geometries and axis. And when, but in his universe, there were things you couldn't lead. Like for example, in his universe, you couldn't lead the difference between a gancho and a sakada. He would say that uh, the gancho is a follower's choice, let's say in a sidestep. Um, and we knew from our first teacher that you had no freaking choice. That leg was going in there and or was not going in there. Yeah. Um, but those two systems were like mutually exclusive, right? Because one of them depended on you carrying the follower, right? But the other one was, oh no, the follower and the leader have each their own axis. The geometries work like this. So now for us, it was a question of like, how do we merge? leading everything with the sensation of like depth and connection but in a position where our bodies were free and we were each responsible for our own movement so had we not had these two very drastically different approaches that we learned we would not have been able to find the lowest common denominator universal truth of them to be able to form the system that we teach today. So, <laughs> so the, the one thing though that I, I wish that I, and at the same time I was working a lot on gyrotonic and on my body, but I wish that I had for my personal self more individual body work 
because um and more work on my own like uh while Ivan was honing his leading skills I wish that I had taken more time to work on my own movement by myself um yeah I think that's really important because as followers we have agencies over our bodies and it's important that we take that because the more we can do on our own then we have amplification with a with a leader the less capable we are then we are relying on their help and that makes it more complex for him so uh the stronger i am the more grounded i am the more connected my body is the better we are as a couple basically i would have to say that's wonderful i now that you are not traveling so much uh where can tango students find you if they're interested in your approach uh well if they want to window shop uh a little to see what kind of what we teach i would say go to tango meet uh just for the simple reason that you will get uh, a view in to how we think and if you know our collections are pretty varied so whatever interests you uh, I think you can kind of get an idea about what we think about it um we are traveling about every two months uh so we, they can join us at a festival if they want a little bit more contact with us and then if they're convinced you know that this is the this is the authentic tango no I'm just kidding <laughs> if they're if they would like to have like a, a higher dose and sort of like a personal attention in a way that they can't happen in a festival then they should come to us we do a lot of um, intensive training of couples we train a lot of professionals uh, we don't advertise that because I don't know why but <laughs> we do that a lot do we but have some coming in this weekend right now you're in Croatia we're in yeah Croatia. right now we're in Croatia so what people do is they come to Croatia they come individually or they come with their own couple and we work with them from some people, you know, they have regular jobs. So they come, like I say, Friday to Monday. Um, some people are professionals in tango and they are teachers. So they will come for longer, maybe 10 days, like during the vacation that they have at their school. Um, uh, and we have a facility for that. So we're actually finishing that right now. And hopefully starting in August, we'll start group intensives so we'll be able to take four couples uh on teacher trainings um and for like specific topic kind of stuff so hopefully that will be out maybe by the middle of next month like the facility the facility is a, is a dance floor or is it like accommodation what so it's it? accommodation and dance floor in pristine nature and then we turn off your wi-fi and then you have to face yourself <laughs> you have a wi-fi blockage you know what actually we don't need it we live in rural croatia and you kind of have to climb on the roof to catch the telephone signal uh we have we we got starlink actually because we had no other way of of connecting so uh but that can be very easily dismantled just like <laughs> 
that's perfect. But my wife already told me, like, when I started talking with you, she was like, Croatia, I always wanted to go to Croatia. It's like, it's so beautiful. And I was always telling her, well, my mother, because my mother is Greek, she's going to kill me if she knows I traveled all the way to Croatia and I didn't come down to Greece, you know. <laughs> we are just right next to you, but no. Uh, but yeah. uh, we definitely want to visit you as well. Uh, yeah, hopefully. I mean, we're like an hour, we're 45 minutes from the Zagreb airport. So it's not that complicated to reach us. And um yeah, we're really excited because this has like been a three-year project for us to build this thing. So we have like a hundred square meter dance floor, uh, showers, uh, changing rooms, sleeping meadow, maybe some compulsory lavender pruning during <laughs> the season that you come in. <laughs> but, well, well, that sounds that sounds that sounds amazing. I, I I'm already I'm already. Uh... <laughs> I have to already prepare emotionally my mother that I'm not going to Greece. <laughs> <laughs> you can come to Croatia and then go to Greece. You will never know. You know, you come here for four days and you just continue south. And that's... Yes, yes, that sounds like a plan. That sounds like that's, a plan. Uh, whoa, that, that, was, that was wonderful. That was so much information. That was, I, I loved it. I'm very excited. I, I feel like we that. were like this all over the place, but hopefully people will have the patience to, you know, parse through through this conversation and hopefully wonderful and, and, and i want to invite the people that will listen to that to, when you if there's something in the video that you don't understand that it's not clear feel free to contact you they can contact yeah. you on facebook um, absolutely yeah we are super um interested to engage with people we really like to you know communicate and if it turns out that there's a lot of questions on something you know we can do like a zoom with people we can do like a group zoom just to answer some of this stuff to you know uh i mean through your app would be also a, a great way to do it so uh we have a lot of ways to connect so yeah absolutely let's, do it. let's connect <laughs> let's connect uh, i'm going to put links and emails and uh, facebook links and stuff all around uh, the links to the videos as well as i mentioned of the performances so if you're listening to that just look around the page up down left right it will be somewhere there okay uh, i want to thank you so much so much for this and no thank I... you actually it's really uh, always a pleasure to to talk about what we do we're um, sort of like a little bit, I would say outliers in the tango community in a lot of different ways. Uh, and uh, we really appreciate always to have a forum to express our views and ideas. Perfect, perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> I hope that was useful. You can find below the links to Sarah and Ivan's profiles and more info. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast to be notified when new episodes are out. And for more free tips, make sure to subscribe to the Curious Tangiero newsletter too. This should be links. I mean, there should be links somewhere around this content. And if you want to support the podcast, you can go to Amazon and buy the book When the Embrace Whispers for yourself, your tango friends and your non-tango friends. It is a heartwarming novel about Sarah, a woman yearning for more beyond the ordinary. Her life takes an unexpected turn when she discovers tango, leading her into a world brimming with passion and self-discovery. It's a story about love, loss, friendship and the courage to pursue your heart's desires. The title, once again, is When the Embrace Whispers, and it's for both tango dancers and for those in your life who have no idea where you disappear to every night. Links and emails should be available somewhere around this content. 
hugs and stay curious.